You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Theater Geeks Anonymous, the podcast about Broadway flops, scandals, and new work. I'm your host, Ebony Vines. And I'm your host, Pamela Shandro. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the Theater Geeks Anonymous podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network and all your favorite podcast listening apps. Thank you. Welcome. I haven't done that in a while. You sure haven't. What's up, Theater Geek? What is up? I guess we should talk about Smash. <laughs> so this is episode 15 of the second season of Smash. There's the sparkle. I love it. <laughs> this one's called The Transfer, which is about the transfer of Hit List from Off-Broadway to Broadway essentially. I mean, that's the title. We talked about the right off the bat because why can Hitless use the real name of the theater, but they won't let Bombshell use the real name of it. It's called the Lily Hayes, which was like, I know. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get any of the decisions that they make in this show, if I'm honest. So I just ignore it. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Whatever. <laughs> Um, now we talked about the Lindsay Mendez thing in the last episode, but it actually happened in this episode. So do you want to start with bombshell first or with hit list? I'll leave it up to you. Since we ended with them and then we can. Yeah. Sounds good. So they are moving to the Broadway theater mm-hmm. <laughs> and they sing the song pretender. <laughs> uh, and I don't remember. Oh, I do remember. That's the one where Philippa Sue is dancing alongside the red cor- red-haired chorus girl named Daisy. Yeah. From past episodes, including two ago, Daisy, the red-haired chorus girl, was mentioned because she was one of the girls that brought sexual harassment accusations against Derek. But then she recanted to Derek mm-hmm. and then Derek slept with her. And now she's in the show, question mark, question mark, exclamation point, exclamation point. All that. Right. And then I wrote, Philippa Sue. And yes, we've, <laughs> you told me in the last episode that it was her. So that was exciting too. <laughs> but during, so we're seeing this is an active production of the show. They're in previews at the new Broadway theater. Uh, Anna misses her entrance in this performance. Yeah, yeah. And 
uh, and according to her, after after she's backstage talking with Daisy, she also missed a line and missed another cue and whatever. But it's like she's just kind of off the walls trying to figure herself out in this bigger theater. Um, <laughs> what? You just said, oh, man. I know. Thanks. Well, listen, it is um, it is a huge difference going from an off-Broadway theater to a Broadway house. And so there is a time of transition. There has to be where you become accustomed to the new setup. So, and this will be brought to light uh, in the next scene here. But like the difference is that in the off-Broadway theater, you are basically surrounded with the audience. You see them, they see you. You're in a tiny little space, but you're on top of each other doing the show. You feel what they feel. You see what they see. It's visceral. In a Broadway house, when the lights are up on you, that place could be empty or it could be full. You have no idea. And there is something very disarming about that. So I can understand where she is. And also someone mentioned, like she does the whole trapeze thing with the, with the silks. So at, at the other theater, she was eight feet off the ground. In this theater, she's 30 feet off the ground. So that's also- Trying to defend her at a point we haven't gotten to yet. In the- <laughs> yes, yes. He's the one who said that, yeah. But I think it's super important to remember, like this, you know, these are why I've been in a situation where we moved from one theater to the next. And even though they were both large theaters, there's something about being in another space that just kind of throws you off a little bit. And you may be you're like you're, the distance between the dressing room and stage left is going to be longer or whatever, you know, whatever the reason is. And there are some things that you just have to work out. So. Having said that, now we're going to, after this preview, we're going to go to this restaurant um, with Julia, Jimmy, and Derek. Julia is in Hit List right now, kind of helping with the transition from off-Broadway to Broadway, but also kind of working not to add or eliminate from the script, but just to kind of polish because Kyle has passed. So they're at this restaurant. Um, Jimmy's like, something's missing. Something's off and says maybe it's a casting issue. And he's saying the only new person in the show is Sam. But Derek's like, no, that's not it. Right. Then she was, then someone, who was it that said there was trouble with Anna? Was it Jimmy? No, it was, it was Derek. It was Derek. Okay, so Derek thinks that it's trouble with Anna. Well, he says that there's trouble with Anna, that she's missing the cues and whatever. Is that when Julia was like, well, oh no, Jimmy was the one that defended Anna yeah he, he's been defending her hard yeah and that was actually really surprising to me because they have been at odds with each other since they first met but you're right Jimmy was the one that was like no now she's 30 feet off the ground it's it's a transition for all of us like give her a chance um Julia is like we're oh Jimmy was the one that was like we're not gonna touch the book the book stays as it is that's what Kyle wanted it to be so that's where it is um, so that's not going to change at all. So it must be an issue somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're kind of trying to decide. Anna and Karen, meanwhile, at the same restaurant are cheersing to Broadway, but Anna is like, what's going on with Jimmy? And Karen is like, he doesn't, nothing is going on because Jimmy doesn't want there to be anything going on. And in this episode, I don't know if you noticed it as well. I'm sure you did. This is a very different Jimmy than we have seen this entire season. Yeah. He is focused. 
Mm-hmm. He is on point. Mm-hmm. He is clean cut. Like there is, there are no vices with this Jimmy, no. which is good. But also it's like you, you just changed one addiction to the other in as far as like the drinking and drugs now to just being hyper-focused on the show itself. But it is an improvement. It is. So, uh, you know, we'll see if it lasts. We'll see if it's going to be the impetus to change his behavior altogether and maybe like make him an upstanding person and someone to be respected and admired. I don't know. And you do, but you're not telling. <laughs> um, Derek then decides he's going to give Anna the night off for the next performance, which is so strange to me. And he's going to put Daisy on. So he's on the phone no, not, oh, he was on the phone and then he gets off the phone and he goes over to Daisy and he's like, it's all set. Yeah. Meaning that Daisy is somehow manipulating the situation, but we don't know the extent of it yet, but it's, I wrote gross. Yeah. With a lot of exclamation points. (laughs) Then you've got Derek, Julia and Jimmy again at the theater kind of talking through Derek is going to work with Daisy on going on for the diva that night. And he's he's over it like you can kind of see that there's something up we'll find out what that is later but like he comes into and he's like i change what you want but don't change everything because that's too much just change one thing and then tell me what it is later goodbye and he goes off to work with daisy so then you've got julie julie uh oh my gosh why can i never (laughs) because it's jimmy and julia together jimmy and julia then uh Jimmy, okay, so at this point also, Jimmy is also still saying that Anna is not the problem, that the fans are disappointed because it's not the same as it was in the off-Broadway house. And that's kind of when Julia says it's a different beast completely from one theater to the next. And um, that kind of maybe lights a, a spark as far as an idea of immersing the audience into the show a little bit more. Because they were saying when you're in a off-Broadway theater it's a much smaller house there's not as much barrier between the audience and I mean we remember from the last episode some of the audience was literally sitting on the stage yeah so it's like it's it's a much less uh much more intimate yeah yeah well and everyone can see each other they're all just you're all in it together that's the feeling that you get. And, and in the Broadway house, it's just not working the same way. And Derek's almost saying like, are you gonna, you're going to listen to your fans on social media? And he's like, yeah, because they've been with us from the beginning and they are the ones that are supporting us. So uh, that's when Derek is like, just pick one and tell me what it is. So he leaves. Um, Jimmy is like, Kyle was so good at this. And so he's getting down on himself. But Julia remembers that they did this storyboard together and he had cards with notes on them that were decided to not use. So Julia is like, Hey, Kyle already did it for us. So they hightail it over to the Brooklyn apartment. Let me turn the page. (laughs) So now we're going to skip to Karen and Anna. Anna is upset, rightfully so, because she's been told that she's off for the night. And she's not taking it well because she's not taking it with the excuse that they gave her that she just needs to rest. She feels like she's going to be uh, replaced. Karen is like... She has a monicum of discernment. Yeah, (laughs) just a monicum. (laughs) And rightfully so. I mean, like, this. listen, they don't make decisions like this during previews in a Broadway show. 
They just don't. And then she's also looking at Derek's past behavior when, you know, when this will come up later on, where they went through how many different Marylands, three different Marylands before previews even started. So she's fearful. Karen is like, it's not a big deal, but I'm going to talk to Derek about it. Don't worry. So she goes and asks Derek and Derek says, it's just for tonight. It's just so that she can rest. She's sounding off. She's missing cues. She just needs a night to, to herself so that she can come back fresh. Mm-hmm. But Karen is like, are you sure that she needs the night off? And Karen is convinced at this point that Derek is trying to replace her. That Derek is like, no, I'm just under pressure because every decision that I make is going to be questioned because of Kyle. Is this what Kyle would want? Is this what Kyle would do? And there's this kind of Paul over the entire production now. And that's that's what he tells us. We will find out that there is more to that story later. And doesn't believe it. She said, oh my gosh, you are trying to replace her. Yeah, she, she does. She calls him on it. And so then she sees Daisy and like gives Daisy the complete cold shoulder. So it's, it's awkward backstage at Hit List. So Jimmy and Julia are at the Brooklyn apartment sidebar. Yes. How long has he been dead? Why is the apartment still his stuff in it? And who is paying that rent? Uh, I assume it's not been very long, right? Because if they're only just starting previews, like maybe it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, but like a couple of weeks is probably like another month's rent. And are you telling me that because nothing's changed, the entire apartment is still intact. So nobody has been in there to start boxing up anything. It just seemed so strange to me. I'm like, your, your parents were in town on the night that you died. And it may have been, you know, certainly you don't want to start, you know, throwing away or putting his stuff away immediately. But like, that is one of the checklist things that you would need to take care of at the death of someone that you love. So it was just so confusing to me to walk into the apartment and <laughs> nothing has changed. Derek, I mean, Jimmy didn't, oh, what were you going to say? My only wonder was like, you know, because you don't have to be there to pay the rent. So I wonder if he, um, if he was just continuing to pay it remotely. And then maybe, maybe. didn't, you know, did it, sometimes it takes. Oh, do you mean like to shut down the bank accounts and all of that stuff? Okay. I can believe that. Lord. <laughs> but it was bad when he, when he went in. Oh, he couldn't go in. He was stuck on the threshold. He, and and Julia was like, have you not been back? And he's like, no, I've just been around. I That was devastating. And so finally he did kind of breach the doorway, but uh, just the discomfort all about it. But Julia finds what she's looking for. She finds the storyboard. She finds those note cards. And she's like this, these are the ideas that he had. And she brings up, this is so brilliant. I actually really loved this idea. She was like, at one point, Kyle was, well, there were two, two things. Card. She saw yeah. the real card and Jimmy was like, what's that? And then we go into what Pamela's So about. there were, yeah, there were two things. So the, she sees the card about the newsreel and uh, Jimmy's like, what? Julia's like, this was an idea that he had about like a contemporary or modernized version of a newsreel, you know, showing all of the social media from YouTube to Instagram to whatever, showing, you know, the progress of Karen's character. Mm-hmm. But then also another idea was to integrate, to take all of the audience members' phone numbers and integrate live texting into the show so that audience members got those texts 
while things were happening on stage as well. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that would like be a really cool theater experience. Do you not, do you agree? I mean, it might be distracting, so you'd have to be really sparse. So the one I, I, I have, I had a, a theater experience where Twitter was used. It was really? the first time I saw Freestyle Love Supreme. Um, and so this was back before Hamilton had blown up, right? Okay. And so, like, it's Lynn, it's Two Touch. Uh, who, who else was, was doing it? Um, I think Chris was doing that show. Anyway, it was Freestyle Love Supreme. They were at the Gramercy Theater. And um, Lynn still loves Twitter. He's not on it as much as he used to be. <laughs> then it was like, he was on it all the time. So what they did was in front of the theater, when you walked in, they pulled down um, the, the screen. And if you tweeted, they had a live feed of Twitter on the screen. And so that if you tweeted about the show, it would pop up on the screen and you could see <laughs> else's tweets. And you could tweet about it and everything. And then um, I feel like later in the show, Twitter was again used, um, I think in some way to help inform one of their games. Okay. Took some of the suggestions that they had seen on Twitter as we were tweeting. And that's how you could put in like a word you wanted them to use or a subject you wanted them to rap about. Yeah. That, that was pretty neat how it was. Yeah. Neat. At least then it's not like you're sitting on the phone the entire show. Right. You don't have to deal with it like lighting up the whole right. show. Yeah. I just, I mean, the idea, because I mean, that's ultimately what they wanted to do. They wanted to create less of a distance between the stage and the audience. And so that is ultimately what they're like, let's try to do it. This is going to be a lot of work before tonight, but we're going to, you know, let's try to get it done. Yeah. Um, and then Julia was like, it's not impossible with the money. And Jimmy's like, does Jerry have that kind of money? And yeah, the answer is yes. <laughs> so now Karen, Anna comes to the theater and Karen is like, what are you doing here? And Anna is like, do you remember those six women who accused Derek of sexually assaulting them or harassing them? And she was like, yeah, what about it? She's like, Daisy is one of them. I think she's blackmailing Derek. Yeah. So I love this. I mean, it was so amazing. It was like, yes, yes. That's exactly what's happening. Go <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> so Aaron, Aaron and Anna, Aaron, Anna, shoot, Karen and Anna. <laughs> I'm telling you, because I keep on putting Jimmy and Julia are Julie. And now apparently Aaron is Anna and Karen. Karen and Anna <laughs> ambush Derek at the stage door. And they say, what is going on with Daisy? Uh, we think she's blackmailing you. What does she have over you? Let's get this taken care of. He's not having this conversation with them. Okay. So Anna just gets up and leaves. She's like, whatever, replace me, whatever. You're going to anyway, that kind of thing and leaves. Karen sticks around and she's like, what is going on? Mm -hmm. And Derek is like, She's blackmailing me, but not about what you think. She's blackmailing me about last month. Right. So she was like, is it a year? Is it from last year? Right. No. It's from it's last month. Oh. So then he says, I, I met up with her and she was so nice. And then we slept together and then she filmed it. 
and she filmed me telling her that if we go to Broadway, she can have a role in the, in the ensemble. And this is what, oh, and then she goes, so I, I guess you better pray that she's terrible so that Jerry won't want her in the show. And then Anna can take her role back because then he says, and this makes me so mad. He was like, I didn't have a choice. Yes, you did. First of all, but he goes, if it was just an, uh, an accusation, it would be fine. But with proof, they have, I have no choice. The choice is you resign so that you don't take down the entire show and the company with it. That's what your choice is. You, you do have a choice and I think it's pretty clear. Yeah, it should be very clear, especially with your newfound feelings of caring for the people around you. That was said with sarcasm. <laughs> oh, but it made me so mad. I was like, seriously? I know he's garbage. But then he is garbage because then it also made me like really realize that none of those accusations were false. Every, and, and listen, I mean, we knew that, but he just basically told us now that like, yeah, of course I did those things, but they didn't have proof. So it didn't matter. But now Daisy has proof and I'm sorry, Daisy, you're also a piece of crap. <laughs> He said, oh, she came back and apologized, right? Mm -hmm. she, we saw that. He was like, bat, 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 bat. I'm so sorry. I really, I, you know, I, I really wanted a part. Uh, I had left for the business for a while. And I thought like doing something like this would get me back in. And said she thought making an accusation would get her back in the game and he goes let me guess it didn't and she goes no right so this is a couple of episodes ago yeah he then proceeds to go ahead and sleep with her mm -hmm. and then she blackmails him what a shock i could not see that coming at all right i mean she basically bought a billboard in times square that said watch out derek i'm coming after you <laughs> It's, I mean, it's just, so now we're at that, that performance that night for Hit List. Daisy is in for the diva. They're doing a number together, Karen and the diva. I don't know what Karen's role is. Do you remember her role's name? It doesn't matter. Karen and the diva are on stage. They're doing like a VMA performance in yes. the show. It's called, I'm not sorry. Yes. Audience loves, oh, what? McMahon. This is a new... This is a new person. This is a new name that I'm not familiar with. Oh, who wrote I'm Not Sorry? Yeah. I am not surprised because it sounded much different than all of the other stuff that we've heard so far, but not unpleasantly so. It was a cool number and the dancing was really neat too. Yeah. Um, it was all very contemporary punky rock kind of. I mean, it looked like a VMA's performance. Oh yeah, it's completely, completely. Um, the audience goes crazy at the end of this number Anna who has been watching from the back of the house just gets up and leaves she's like I'm not going to watch anymore at the stage door and this will be the end for hit list and then we'll switch over to bombshell but at the stage door after that performance Karen brings Kyle to the side and he's like hey listen she goes I'm I'm really proud of you and Kyle would be really proud to Jimmy did I say Kyle sorry Jimmy Karen brings Jimmy to the side and says, hey, just so you know, Kyle would be really proud of you. And I'm really proud of you, too. Yeah. Let's go to BS. 
otherwise known as bombshell. <laughs> so we mentioned this in the last episode, but this is the where Lindsay Mendez comes into play. So this will be the where we actually see the concert of Houston and Levitt, mm-hmm. um, which according to Agnes and Eileen at the top of this episode, it is meant to be a celebration of Houston and Levitt so that they can bring more attention to Bombshell, which is a Houston and Levitt production. Uh, Lindsay Mendez sings amazingly. They have the little joke about the Tony Awards where Lindy's, Lindsay's like, I'll be the only one performing without a Tony. And Tom says, nope, Houston and Levitt. <laughs> Don't have a Tony either. And Eileen is like, not yet. Uh, Ivy and Karen see each other because they're both at Broadway theaters and it's a very small little Times Square area where all of the theaters are. So inevitably they will find each other. They're actually going to the same restaurant at that point. Mm-hmm. And Ivy's like, hey, whatever happens, can we just both promise to be adults? And yeah. Karen's like, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. You know how long that's going to last. If you mention something, chances are that later in the episode, it's going to go out the window. <laughs> <laughs> So they're going to this restaurant. Was it something Studio 40? It, it is a number. 48? 45? 48? 46? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, it's a so- restaurant. Listen, I can't. I don't know. Tell me about it. It's the same restaurant that we spoke about with the Hitless side where Julia, Jimmy, and Derek are all talking about the show. But it's the same restaurant now that Eileen and Tom and ivy are going to but not to so tom and eileen are there with agnes i believe talking about bombshell Mm -hmm. and they ask uh julia to come over and eileen asks them to sing a song at this concert and julia's like i do not sing but whatever pick what you want me to sing and i'll sing it and then she goes back to the table because she's kind of out of it but like eileen says now it's more important than ever that that people still think that you guys are together because we don't want any bad publicity and if they think that you have broken up they're not going to enjoy bombshell they're going to think that's the show that broke you up so it can't be a good show right essentially Mm -hmm. um so like come together sing your beautiful song act like you're still a couple (laughs) eileen is like you can sing the abcs for all i care (laughs) (laughs) Just show up. As long as you're smiling is what she says, I think. Um, Julia then goes back to the hit list table, as I mentioned. And Eileen is kind of put out. <laughs> but but Julia's like, a kid died. Like, stop stop acting. like she, it's we, Okay, she didn't actually go back to the table. I just wrote that beforehand, which is why I just got confused. <laughs> Sorry. Eileen is like, you can sing the ABCs as long as you guys are smiling. But she, Eileen looks to be upset about the way Julia is acting and Julia is essentially like listen Eileen a kid just died and I'm trying to work with Hitlist now to smooth the transition after his death right and that doesn't have anything to do with you right so then she goes back to the Hitlist table that's a moment where I was just like oh Eileen I know I like know. It, oh, it's really not about you I mean I get it but she did yell at the, uh, when, after Lindsay did the song, she yelled, you know, it's not help because there's a lot happening in the tabloids that like, it's been leaked out that they're having a split. Right. 
And so she's really furious and she's like, it doesn't ha- help that half the team is never here. Right. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like I'm going to call Julia. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and then she, you know, acts up again, just like Pamela said, when they're at the restaurant. Right. But also it's like people grieve in their own ways. Oh. And sometimes people can't just go back to business as usual. Sometimes you just need a moment to not do. And Julia is the kind of person she's a hermit when she is upset. She hides under the covers. We all know that about her based on our own experience within the last two seasons. Tom and Eileen should know that more than us. Right. Right. And, and Tom didn't seem to be that annoyed no. for Eileen. That was a bit more, he, but he, also Tom but- and Julia have already kind of amicably separated and maybe Eileen wasn't isn't privy to that information or wasn't privy to that conversation that they had so maybe she does feel a little bit more I don't know step into the world of power loyalty and luck I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Ivy, okay, so here's the conversation now between Agnes and I think Tom and Ivy and Eileen are all there as well. This is about the Tony nominations. Um, Agnes says that if Tom is nominated for director, she will be surprised and so will everybody else. So they're just kind of, you know, saying whatever. It's not going to happen, so don't get used to it. But if it happens, then big things will happen for you, essentially. Ivy may not be nominated, but it's not because of her performance. Agnes says it's because of past behaviors. So the uh, the time that she was drunk during Heaven on Earth, mm-hmm. the time that she had pills after a show once, the fact that she was sleeping with the director during, you know, before previews of Marilyn. Like, so all of this stuff is now coming back to bite her in the butt. And Agnes's um, advice to her is to be Marilyn Monroe on the stage and off stage be Norma Jean. So you better mind your P's and Q's <laughs> to use that, you know, turn of phrase again. So the next thing that we see of Ivy is this car commercial <laughs> where she gets out of the car. I mean, I don't even remember what the line was, but it was just so saccharine. Yeah. But That's she sees, oh. Bizarre though. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, she sees Sam after that and she's like, these are things that they're making me do. And, and then she gets a, a text from Tom saying that the song is going to change. So she's not going to sing the same song in the concert anymore. She's going to sing something called Grin and Barrett. And Sam is like, oh, I remember that. It's about a stripper. And so then Ivy's like, but I was just told not to act like that. So now what do I do? But then we kind of find out why that is. So we're in now a meeting between Tom and the rest of the cast members of this concert. So Tom is basically like, we're not going to do the concert anymore. It's going to be more of like a review. Mm -hmm. So each of you have been assigned roles. He's like, I can't fill my stage with Broadway performers and not like truly use their talents. Mm -hmm. So that was ultimately the choice that he made. He's going to do this review instead. That's why Ivy's, what? Also though, trying to, um show his directing skills right because he really wants a tony for direction (laughs) yes you yes 
he's yeah, but he's really his ulterior motive is really about him oh completely I mean I don't think I don't think he was doing it for any other reason yeah and I think he's making that pretty clear as well but it's it's an interest but that is ultimately why her song was changed she tries to talk to him about being uncomfortable about that and doesn't really go into detail about why but she's like oh I just you know I can't really be a stripper right now I don't want people to see me as the Marilyn Monroe character anymore than just on stage and he's like well I mean it's a little too late so you can either sing it or not sing it it was pretty funny though because he was like um she was saying you know she didn't know the song so right Sam told her what the song was she was like oh no and then she goes to to Tom (laughs) and uh is talking about it and he's like (laughs) the Christian Borel arm cross right and then he goes into like the song talking about what the story is about and when he's like after one sentence of explaining it he's like okay I see your point (laughs) it was very funny (laughs) about a stripper and they get on drugs okay I see this is yeah (laughs) (laughs) so her choice is to sing or not she chooses to go ahead and go through with the review Um, Agnes and Eileen are having a conversation says someone has leaked the separation between Tom and Julia to the Mm -hmm. press Mm -hmm. Um, so they're scurrying about that they get to the review night they are waiting on Julia meanwhile Lin-Manuel Miranda has some sort of adversarial kind of relationship with Tom, which is hilarious to me because it doesn't seem like he would be that kind of person at all. (laughs) But in this moment, it was so funny, like asking where Julia is. And he's like, oh, she's at the bar getting a little uh, tequila courage for the number that we're going to be doing right at the top of the show. And but she's not there. And they open in 15 minutes. So she's calling Julia, who's at the theater at Hit List you know, going through all of these changes with Derek and Jimmy, but she's saying on her side, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there, but this is important too. So, but I'll be there. Um, anyway, so she calls him or, uh, he calls her. She says she'll be there. Uh, Julia is like, Oh, I remember. Okay. Now I'm reading my notes. Maybe I should read my notes instead of trying to remember. <laughs> sorry this was the last one I watched too this one should be the one that is freshest in my memory this is getting old everybody this is what it looks like (laughs) so Tom calls Julia Julia's at the theater she's like oh he tells her that everyone knows and so Julia is like well then that means we don't have to sing because she did not want to sing right she was no I don't want to do this please don't make me do this and they were like but please and she was like (laughs) okay right and well Tom is like but I was looking forward to singing with you like this would have been the piece de resistance of our relationship of our partnership Mm -hmm. and so she's like then finally okay whatever go um at that point okay because I wrote this on the hit list side but it's actually more uh, or I'm sorry I wrote this on the bombshell side but it's actually more of the hit list side but at the end of that phone conversation Derek is telling them about how scared he is to try these new things and that's when Julia is like let them try which I think is important and it plays a role later on yeah yeah but then she ends up staying longer because 
just afraid Derek is going to try and overtake what Jimmy's trying to do. Right. No, Jimmy and the stage manager really feel like it's doable. Right. So because Julia is not there and they were going to be the, the opening number, now they're going to start with Ivy's number or have that be the second number. So Ivy or Eileen goes to Ivy's dressing room. Ivy's not ready. Ivy's or Eileen is like, what's going on? You're on. And she goes, wait, I thought I was the last number in the show. I love how the first number in the show is told of the last that she's going on next. Like, oh, the stress. Yeah. But I, Ivy is like, I'm just not sure that I should be doing a strip tease right now. And Eileen tells her, listen, I know what Agnes said to you. I heard it. But she goes, "This, you're young. Making a few mistakes is not a surprise. Mm-hmm. And she goes, what I love about you is that you are never afraid. You go big or go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she's like, just do it. So they do grin and bear it, which yeah. is hilarious starts with this enormous muff takes off the muff there's another muff takes off the muff there's another muff and it's hilarious to me because it's like oh how on the nose do you have to be as far as that goes but it was it was very funny and it was a cool number and that's the number where one of my friends is the blonde dancer behind her on the chair that's neat I know I thought that was so cool I was like Meredith (laughs) so they get to the end of the show Julia has not shown. Oh, no. right. Well, they're they're about to sing the last number, and Tom is telling the audience, "Listen, we've gotten to the last number," and then we hear a disembodied voice of Julia saying, "Ah, second to the last," and she comes on stage, mm-hmm. and she's telling a story about a uh, a poem that or a, a quote that they had read by Arthur Miller mm-hmm. that says. Maybe one can only hope to end up with right regrets, which leads us into a song called The Right Regrets, uh, where Julia sings. It's actually a really lovely moment. And at the end of the song, he gets up and they hug and they kiss. They love each other. But it is the end. But it's an okay end. It's, It's an end with the right regrets. Yeah. So it was really, it was very melancholy, but it was also very cathartic, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Eileen then comes up to the two of the, or to Tom afterward and says, like, I heard from a producer that he's interested in putting this review on Off-Broadway for you, or with you as the director, but he's, she's like, you better win the Tony Award so that you can do this. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'll get right on that. <laughs> um, Agnes then says, she, she comes up to Eileen and she goes, so turns out that the news that, Karen, that Tom and Julia broke up was not leaked by Jerry, mm-hmm. but it was leaked by someone that's very close to the team. It was Eileen uh, who said, yes, I thought it very fitting to do a farewell concert. Again, it's like she's making these choices that I'm like, ooh. Uh, anyway. I know. So Tom and Julia are having a little moment after the show and they're like, thank you so much. And he's like, thank you. And thank you for all of the songs, which was beautiful. And I don't know how that's why it's right. (laughs) Why did I write that down? (laughs) Well, because they, um, Christian was talking about. Oh, being separate. Yeah, and so like they said they were both scared and um, Julia said, I don't know how, I don't know if I know how to just be 
you know, Julia. Yeah. Julia Houston. Just how to be Houston. I only know how to be Houston and Levitt. And he said, well, that's probably why it's the right decision. Right. So smart. Mm -hmm. So wise beyond their years. (laughs) Uh, Jimmy calls Julia and says that it was a huge success that the marketing or that the texting worked during the show that the audience was absolutely enamored of it. It was great. And asks her to come and help with something else. And Julia's like, no, no, I can't help anymore. And Jimmy's like, I'm sorry, what? And, and he goes, no, like there, you know, this was always meant to be temporary. I was just meant to help with the transition, but you've got this, you can do this. And, and Jimmy's like, oh, so now we're competition. And Julia's like, no, no, we're colleagues. But Jimmy doesn't believe her and kind of hangs up and, and we can kind of see an inkling of maybe some self-destruction again. We'll see where that goes in the next episode. Ivy, Sam, and Anna meet up. Uh, Anna, well, Ivy and Sam are together at a restaurant. Anna kind of shows up at the restaurant too and tells Sam that Derek fired her. Anna, Anna spills the tea on Karen without Karen's permission, but basically says that Karen turned him down, but then Ivy slept with her and that's why Ivy got Marilyn. So this was a year ago, essentially. Yeah. But but K- Ivy's just hearing about it now. So Ivy goes and confronts Karen and is like, oh, I thought we were going to be adults about this. And she's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, Anna just told me that you said I slept with Derek and that's why I got Marilyn. And Karen is like, well, Anna's my best friend. Mm-hmm. It's not like I told the world, whatever, but now they're enemies again. And I'm sorry, like, I'm sorry if your poor choices are just coming back to bite <laughs> you in the butt. Right. It's very true. Oh, but then Ivy gets a couple of phone calls in a row that she ignores and she finally picks up and guess who it is? Another trope. I know. A doctor that says your blood tests have come back. Congratulations. You're pregnant. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I know. It's like writers, male writers think the only way to trap a woman in a situation is to get her pregnant. Anyway, and that's the end. Her in this situation. Why did, why is that the choice? Right. It's either pills or pregnancy. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. I don't either. Um, what was another... But meanwhile, the men in this show have blackmailing schemes and drug addiction, like a real, like pervasive drug, like a bad uh, childhood growing up, mom being beaten and so were you, living on the streets, having to sell drugs, an abusive brother, Yeah, you know, like, but the women are pregnant. Like the women, the women are emotionally unstable or pregnant. Yeah. I can't. I know. But I mean, what you actually did bring up a good point because you're right. He didn't, he didn't give a lick of what Karen was telling him in that moment. You could see in his face, he was thinking about the show and, and what notes he had for Julia and how he wanted to call Julia and tell her. So essentially, I mean, he has replaced Kyle with Julia and now, and because he had already replaced it with Karen and that didn't work out. Now it's like with Julia and Julia saying, I'm not with you anymore. And that's going to send him down. This this isn't it, but I do feel like I personally cannot imagine, you know, having a best friend you write mm-hmm. a show with, you are not a theater person. You don't know anything about the theater. 
you just like music. And so you've written a bunch of music for a show that like this person that you're very close with who understands structure. And yeah. this was one of my favorite moments in the flashback scene, which I think was in the last episode was when it was so great because I laughed at it. Jimmy and Kyle were trying to figure out like, oh, because Jimmy goes and then she dies. And, <laughs> and then Kyle was like, well, why does she have to die? Like in, in, you know, in most musicals, the ending is happy. And Jimmy goes, not in the ones you like. And Kyle's like, that's true. And yeah. that, it stuck with like people dying. I mean, at first it was like a bloodbath. It was a freaking red thing. <laughs> From like, you know, uh, um, uh, Game of Thrones. I mean, it was, it was Hamlet. Everyone dies at the end. <laughs> died. And, and that's when Derek was like, you only need one good death, which was like a foreshadowing, obviously. Of yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that, that moment cracked me up because I was like, oh gosh, I know those people that just love like the macabre. I'm well, one of those people. <laughs> I much prefer those, you know, the, the ones that jerk on your heartstrings as opposed to the happy endings. And, you know, there's always a place for the happy ending ones as well. But like, I want to feel. <laughs> uh, I just, that moment cracked me up. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. But yeah, there, I, but saying all that, it's just like, now that person's died, you really don't know what you're doing. And he's died at like this hugely pivotal moment where now you're on like the biggest theatrical stage in the yeah. world. And now the whole show and the writing of it rests in your lap. And at least you have like a veteran who's next to you. And yeah. like, I have these ideas. I don't know how to put them together. I don't know what to do. And she's like, I'm, you can do this. And you're like, <laughs> you know, and so sure. You know, he does turn that Jimmy way, which like drives me nuts. But yeah, because instead he could have said something like, listen, I'm going to try my best. If I have questions, can I call you? But what he does is he's like, okay, fine. If you're not going to help me, then I don't want anything to do with you. We're not colleagues. We're competitors. I know. He, his, his emotional state is so immature. So, completely. But you're right. I also understand where he's coming from because that is overwhelming. Yeah. There has always been someone there to help you and basically do the work and guide you along. Right. But now you're, you have to do both. Yeah. And that is difficult. That is a lot. Yeah. All right. What's going to happen next? Episode 15. We've got only two left friends. <gasps> no, that's it. Nominations and Tonys. <laughs> episodes all right here we go hold on to your butts thank you for listening to our podcast theater geeks anonymous you can follow us on instagram and twitter at tgabway and on facebook at theater geeks anonymous and if you want to tell us how much you love us or you have a great story about one of the shows we've talked about Drop us a note at tgabway at gmail.com. Until, Until next time, time geeks. geeks. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.